Psalm 5, for the director of music, for pipes, a psalm of David. Listen to my word, Lord. Consider my lament. Hear my cry for help, my King and my God, for to you I pray. In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning I lay my requests before you and wait expectantly, for you are not a God who is pleased with wickedness. With you, evil people are not welcome. The arrogant cannot stand in your presence. You hate all who do wrong. You destroy those who tell lies. The bloodthirsty and deceitful you, Lord, detest. But I, by your great love, can come into your house. In reverence I bow down toward your holy temple. Lead me, Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before me. Not a word from their mouth can be trusted. Their heart is filled with malice. Their throat is an open grave. With their tongues they tell lies. Declare them guilty, O God. Let their intrigues be their downfall. Banish them for their many sins, for they have rebelled against you. But let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them, that those who love your name may rejoice in you. Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. Thank you very much, Sam. Ooh. Right. Um, hi, everybody. My name's Chris, as Martin said. Um, I'm normally part of the afternoon service, and it is, it is great to be here this morning. This is really fun, actually. I'm really enjoying this. Um, last time I did a Bible talk out here... Now, let me just get my... This, this uh, lectern is wobbling quite a lot, isn't it? That's... No, I reckon I'm just going to go with that. Um, yeah, that's fine. Um, last time I did a Bible talk out here was a month or so ago, perhaps a couple of months. Um, and it was for the youth. We just had a sort of water fight and water games and all that sort of stuff. So soaking wet. Um, hopefully you're sitting slightly more comfortably if if at any point you get too cold you're in the sun or you want to be in the sun just get up and move i really don't mind do some star jumps whatever i'm used to that sort of thing um right and yeah two years ago um i preached on psalm three last year i preached on psalm four and now we're on psalm five so i guess this is the third part in a in a three-part series so far um so let's pray as we begin and ask for god's help dear father god we ask you lord to give us ears to hear please give us hearts that want to listen to you and the boldness to respond to you in in the way we live uh, and in the way that we think as we hear what you want us to hear through your word in front of us and by your spirit we ask it lord please would you help us now amen okay so in about a week's time we will know who our next prime minister is liz or rishi i don't know what you think about it um, four people who it really affects are Rishi's daughters and Liz's daughters. They each have 
two daughters. Uh, they are, I, I assume, they are normal, ordinary people. They won't have done anything to deserve or earn it. But overnight, two of them will suddenly be children of the Prime Minister. They will live in a house with perhaps the most powerful person in the UK. Each morning when they wake up, they will be able to talk to the most powerful person. They will have access to him or her. And the most powerful person will think of them as special and they will show those children favour as any parent would. We're turning from those children to us as children who have a relationship with God, the Lord. Let's have a look at Psalm 5. Um, there's nothing expressly in this psalm about God being Father, uh, but as I've dwelt on it, I've come to find that there is a lot about relationship with God. And in this psalm, we see David crying out to God, knowing that he can do so, because to God, he is special. Um, as Martin said, you'll see an outline of the talk on that uh, page on the website. So if that would help you, please do find it. There are paper ones as well. So if, if you don't have a phone and if you'd like one, there are some paper outlines on the, uh, on the table on the way in. Um, and as I said, please do jump up and move around if you want to. Um, so, the psalm starts for the director of music for Pipes. In our family, as we were looking at this, somebody said, oh, is, is Pipes the name of the director of music? <laughs> Probably not. Anyway, um, for the director of music for Pipes, a psalm of David. David, the king of Israel, the king of God's people. Um, I think the first thing to notice in verses 1 to 3, you'll see it on the outline, is that David prays to God for help. And I think we can learn some things for our prayer life, for our relationship with God, from looking at David's prayer life. So, basics. David calls out to God. Verse 1. Listen to my words, Lord. Consider my lament. So, it's a lament. He's... David is clearly in the midst of some sort of sadness or trouble. Verse 2, he's crying for help. Hear my cry for help, my King and my God, for to you I pray. So he's in a situation, we don't know what that is. Back in Psalm 3, uh, if you uh, can turn back to Psalm 3, you might not be able to on your phones quickly, but um, in the title of Psalm 3, it's a psalm of David when he fled from his son Absalom. So back in Psalm 3, David was fleeing uh, from, from Absalom, who was trying to take the throne from him, and David was fleeing for his life. Here, we don't know what the situation is. It could be that same one, uh, but we don't know. I guess we don't know because it probably doesn't matter. Um, this is a call to God for help from somebody in trouble in a situation it doesn't matter what the situation is we can call to God at any time and as Martin pointed out last week in his sermon there's a four here in verse two hear my cry for help my king my God for to you I pray the four is like a because so um, 
David, the king, is saying, please answer me, God, because I am praying to you. And, you know, it's, it's no good him praying to himself or a statue or a false god. They can't do anything. God is the higher authority. God is the real king. God is God. He has the power. He knows what's going on. He is good and great. And uh, I guess you know, if one of Liz Truss's children has a problem, maybe one of them kicks the other, what would that child do? Mum! Mum! They call out for help because they think or they know that mum can do something about it. And it's usually immediate, isn't it? And here David prays to God for help. I, I don't know about you, but I find that um, I'm slow to pray and ask God for help. And I wonder whether that's because I don't have clearly enough in my head the fact that God is king. He is unimaginably superior to me and unimaginably powerful. David, he's a king and he has a superior authority who he knew would listen and who he knew would be able to help. Verse 3 sets out a great pattern. In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my requests before you and wait expectantly. Now, I think we need to be careful about setting any rules in place about when we pray. We can talk to God at any time. However, I think it's natural that if God is our powerful king in charge of everything that we would call out to him at the start of the day. David wakes up and speaks to the one who gives him breath, who gives him life, the one who already knows what is going to happen that day, the one who has power to act, to help in his day. There's a chap called Norman Grubb who is famous for his morning prayer. I think Norman Grubb was a missionary and his morning prayer goes like this good morning lord what are you up to today can i be a part of it thank you amen that's a great way to start each day and of course that's just an example of that attitude of humbly approaching god uh, approaching god in prayer at the start of the day and we can pray to God about many more things here in Psalm 5 David is bringing requests to God and he's expectant I guess because he knows God is powerful a model for us and if you like that's uh, a bit like an intro to the rest of the psalm for you'll see on the outline that as we go on to verses 4 to 7 we see that David praise to God for help in the knowledge that he is special and we see in these next verses that the psalm takes I think a bit of a twist Um, so let's have a look I mean I say that I say the twist because David has what's he said in verse three he's just said he is praying to God and he's waiting expectantly and then we come to the word for at the beginning of verse four and so we might, we might expect it to go, 
God, I lay my requests before you uh, for, or because, you are a God who loves to hear people pray to him. Or you might think it's going to say, I pray to you, God, because you're a God who loves to help those who call to you. But actually, what does it say? It says, in the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my requests before you and wait expectantly. For you are not a God who is pleased with wickedness. With you, evil people are not welcome. Now, that's uncomfortable. It goes on. The arrogant cannot stand in your presence. You hate all who do wrong. You destroy those who tell lies. The bloodthirsty and deceitful you, Lord, detest. And I guess it's uncomfortable because, well, where do I stand? David, he's the king, so I guess he's fine. Uh, He can speak to God. He's welcome with God. He has access to God. How about me? Am I in the cast of the wicked? Turn to Romans 3 and it's clear that there is no one righteous, not even one. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. And hang on, David was far from perfect. He went off with somebody's wife and then had the poor chap killed. What is going on here? And I think that's when this psalm becomes a wonder. And you begin to see that being able to pray is not about good and bad. It's not about being good enough. We can't be good enough on our own. It's about relationship. Relationship with God. It's a reminder of the great turning point of the Gospel. So verse 7. But I, by your great love, can come into your house. In reverence I bow down towards your holy temple. David can come into God's presence. David can call out for help. Help from God because of God's love for him. Not on the basis of anything David has done. So the question is, how do we access God's love? How do we come into loving relationship with God? Well, it's through trusting in him, through trusting in God's way of purifying us. God's way of making us right with him. And that is trusting in his rescue. The rescuer, Jesus. God's son who died on the cross to rescue us. And make us right. And bring us into relationship with God. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It means following Jesus as Lord and King, as the boss of my life. And trusting God that he has rescued you. That's how we come into relationship through faith in him. Now there's a stark warning here, isn't there, for those who have not accessed God's love by trusting in Jesus. Whether you are against Jesus, or on the fence, or not made up your mind, or not given it any thought, you don't want to be that person. Please come into relationship with Jesus. Follow him. Follow him as your Lord and King.
And then we can say with David, But I, by your great love, can come into your house. And so the key to understanding this psalm, the key to deepening in our relationship with God, is to realise it's all about relationship. It's not about brownie points, it's not about earning anything. Rishi and Liz's children can speak to their powerful parents because they're in relationship. They are special to Rishi and Liz. It's the same with David and God. It's the same with us and God through faith in the Lord Jesus. Once you trust in Jesus, you're in relationship with God. You're God's child. You have access to him. I mean, you can see from looking at David in the Old Testament, there are times when he didn't think of himself as special. He didn't think of himself as worthy of God's promises. You might not think of yourself as special. Can I assure you, once you trust in Jesus, you are special. You are God's child. And so you can speak to him. You can call out to him. David prayed to God for help in the knowledge that he is special. And then in verses 8 to 10, we see that David prays to God for help in the knowledge that he needs God's help. This is the second point on the outline. I guess a fairly simple point, but an important one to acknowledge and remember. In life, we need God's help to live for him. So verse 8, have a look. Lead me, Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before me. David needs God's help to live in line with God's righteousness, in line with God's ways, because of the things around him, because of his enemies. And when we look at verse 9, not a word from their mouth can be trusted. Their heart is filled with malice, their throat is an open grave. With their tongues they tell lies. Declare them guilty, O God. Let their intrigues be their downfall. Banish them for their many sins, for they have rebelled against you. And so it seems that David's enemies are people who are speaking things that are unhelpful, not to be trusted, lies. Perhaps they're in danger of taking David away from trusting in God. Uh, from taking David away from making decisions that are in line with God's righteousness. And David as the king will have had enemies. His, his struggles were often against people, against flesh and blood. Um, you know, as God's king, like Jesus, he would have had people against him. Our enemies are different. Our enemies are those things that threaten to take us away from God, threaten to take us away from his ways. Sin, the world, the devil. So sin, our own wrongful desires, our selfishness, um, the world, anything around us, perhaps temptations, false teaching, idols, any of these things that go against God's ways and the devil. We encounter all sorts of things that might pull us away from God. It's hard being a Christian. It's hard to live God's way. The answer? God. 
and his help to live his way. We need God's help. David prays to God and asks for help, and that's our answer too. It isn't that God saves and then job done. He leaves his saved people to live their lives. And it's not that God saves and then he expects his people to live well for him, just like that. No, we need his help. God saves and then we're in relationship with him. We're coming back to that again. We need to learn how to live for him. Living for God will look different to the way others live, different uh, to the way of the world around us. And so we need to be continually in reliance on him. So coming back to uh, Rishi and and Liz um, and their children, they are dependents. They depend on their parents. They rely on their parents for for care, for love, for support, for help. And we are God's dependents. Without him, we are nothing. And that dependency goes on and on throughout the Christian life. Uh, that reliance on God includes ongoingly relying on his mercy and forgiveness. Because we will sometimes get things wrong but we're in relationship so we keep on going relying on him continuing to try to live for him being able to pray to god throughout each day is a wonderful thing being able to know that he is with us and helping us a wonderful thing and some of the language in this psalm is strong is strong stuff isn't it i mean um tim keller says in his book the reason for god uh, god's wrath flows from his love and delight in his creation he's angry at evil and injustice because it's destroying his creation's peace and integrity and so in light of that it's not surprising that david prays in this way And we can pray in the knowledge that God is set against those things that would get in between us and him, that would get in between our relationship. And we need his help. So, we've seen that David prays to God for help in the knowledge that he's special and in the knowledge that he needs God's help. And then moving on to the last verses, 11 and 12. We see that David prays to God in the knowledge that the Lord protects his special ones. And this is a fantastic way for the psalm to finish. Have a look at verse 11. But let all all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them that those who love your name may rejoice in you. And so David's prayer continues into a request for protection, leading to joy. And notice the all. Let all who take refuge in you. That's David. That's you. That's me. Once we trust in Jesus, we're counted with the all. And then the confirmation in verse 12. Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favour as with a shield. Surrounded as with a shield. Now, it doesn't mean protection 
from all trouble in this life. It doesn't mean prosperity in this life. But it means that you are surrounded by God's love, by his fatherly care, by his favour. And that from the creator of the universe. And those enemies, those things that threaten to get between us and God, they will fail. Our relationship with God is made possible by him. He helps us and he protects us. Once you trust in Jesus, there is nothing that can stop us from having a relationship with God now. And there is nothing that can stop us from being loved by God. Here are some other verses about God's protection from the Bible. Uh, 2 Thessalonians, sorry, about God's protection. And these verses are from the Bible. Um, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. The Lord is faithful and he will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. John chapter 10. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. And the words of the songs that we're going to sing at the end of the service help draw out some more things that we're protected from. We're protected from the cruel deceiver, the devil. He can't touch us. We're protected from the permanent nature of death. Death is defeated. It has no permanent effect on us. We will be raised. We're protected from the judgment that our sin deserves. So no wonder it leads in this psalm to joy. I mean, as, as Rishi and Liz smile on their children, God smiles on you, his special ones. Can there be anything better? Can there be anything better than knowing you have a relationship with God and you have his favour? God smiles on you. True delight. We have a wonderful God that, like David, we can pray to. And I've put on the outline, I think, um, a few things that this psalm has really emphasised for me, um, just to close. Um, so relationship with God is fundamental. It comes from him and it means favour. So relationship with God is fundamental. It is everything to David. As you look at this psalm, he starts his day talking to God uh, he wants to live God's way. He has God's protection for life. It's because of relationship with God that he can, he can speak to God. Uh, and he has joy because of his relationship with God. He is completely God-orientated. I mean, this is what life is about. This is the meaning of life. How do you measure? I wonder how, how do you measure how your day has been? For me, it's, it's normally down to how much I've achieved or um, that it's not been you know, too stressful. How about getting to the end of the day and measuring it on your relationship with God? In one sense, every day is a great day for a Christian. I've had a good day because I'm in relationship with God. I was at the start. I still am at the end. And God has been with me throughout it. So relationship with God is fundamental. And relationship with God comes from him. We don't earn it. It's entirely through his huge generosity of sending Jesus to die for us on the cross. 
and the strength to keep living for God comes from him and the protection that will keep us with him comes from him and lastly again that favour relationship with God means favour once you have trusted in Jesus you are special you are favoured by God you are part of his family what joy let's pray Heavenly Father, we, we do praise you. And we wonder why you would want to have a relationship with us. But you, you made us and you've rescued us for relationship with you. We thank and praise you for Jesus. Who died on the cross to make us right with you and bring us into relationship with you. We thank you. We thank you that you are with us every day. That you are protecting us so that we will be with you forever. We ask you for your help to live for you. And we thank you that you will help us. And so, Father, we praise you and we rejoice. And in your Son's name we pray it. Amen.